0: If you're someone who has a passion for cut flowers, our environment and wants to make the world more beautiful, you're in the right place. Whether you're growing flowers for pleasure or profit, I'm on a mission to empower flower enthusiasts and professionals to help change the world around them. Whether you're just starting out and needing a helping hand or are looking to scale a substantial flower business, I'm your Cut Flower Woman. Welcome. To the Cut Flower Podcast. Thank you very much, Amber, for joining me um, on the Cut Flower Podcast. I'm really looking forward to talking to you today. You don't live that far away from me, and we've never met, which is not great. So, uh, give us an introduction: what you do, where your flower farm is, and um, how you got to where you are. Which is always, I think, the flower farmers quite interesting because. They come from all walks of life and they just and they just decide this is for them
1: well yeah well first of all thanks for having me i'm really excited to be here I'm really excited to meet you um so our flower farm is in buckinghamshire so we're right on the bucks oxford border and um, and basically uh my husband and i we bought the farm about in 2012 um, and when we bought the farm it was a chicken farm actually so we took on a a chicken business as a going concern. So we had about two free range hens. Um yeah, it was a real baptism of fire. It was the wettest year on record. We'd never done anything like that before. But we felt like it was a good way to kind of get our boots, you know, into the countryside. Um so we did that and we bought some pigs and some sheep and some cows and
0: oh this all sounds familiar. Yeah, all
1: that great stuff. Um and at the time, my husband was still working in London, so I was the farmer. So I, I was the one doing the the day to day stuff, and um, I got pregnant with twins. And so once that happened, um, doing the chickens at that point just wasn't possible. You know, it's real physical, uh, collecting eggs, that kind of stuff. So got rid of the livestock, which I wasn't very sad about, if I'm honest. It was kind of it was an it was a good ending, but um. But once the twins were born, I kind of had to decide what next, what what was going to be next for me personally and for the farm, um, and I really wanted the farm to do something. I didn't want to have all of this land and not have it be productive. And so I started thinking about what I liked and what maybe might work for us. And um, it was growing. It was growing. You know, at the time we had a vegetable garden, and I grew some flowers in there, and we had a small honesty hurt at the end of our drive. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe I could grow plants. Maybe that might be the way. And um, so a friend of mine, um, her, his cousin has a flower farm in Kent, and they very kindly let me go and visit them. And um, they had similar soil to us. So we we're in really, really heavy clay. Um, and I saw that they were doing no dig on a really big scale. And that was kind of all I needed to kind of get me started and be like, I can do this. Like, I think I can do it, anyways.
0: Because <laughs> <And laughs> most people would say, "Don't do no dig on big scale." So that we'll talk about that in a minute. But that's interesting. Yeah, yeah
1: and you know, it, we've got a lot of land. So we've got we've got twenty four acres. Um, I wasn't going to farm twenty four acres of flowers, but um, but it, you know, it was a daunting task at first. But I just decided to go for it. I tried not to think too hard about it. I tried not to listen to anyone telling me they're crazy. Um, and I ordered twenty six tons of compost, and I would go around on recycling day and collect all the cardboard I could find. And I just did it. And it just worked. And um, and I fell in love with it. I really did. So that was six seasons ago. And every year we're getting a little bit bigger. Um, and I just, I have a real passion for it. I really love it.
0: Sounds really familiar. Because yeah. we did the same. We bought our house in 2007. And it had land. I had no idea what to do with it. Um, I went on a pig course, got pigs. Yeah, <laughs> I went on a chicken course, got chickens couple of goats then there was a bit of land and I thought what we're gonna and you need to be productive it's like what do you do with it yeah went on a half day cutting plow course and thought oh I wonder if I can do this I had no knowledge at like zero knowledge no horticultural knowledge no background in it no growing knowledge at all couldn't have told you one plant from another I thought yeah I can do this blindly I can do this um and it's kind of like 12 years businesses have been going 12 years but exactly like you've got land that's going to be productive don't listen to anybody really because you probably wouldn't do it exactly and 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 every year it gets a bit bigger <laughs> so, every, but every like year another say,
1: well every year I say that's it we're not we're not growing any bigger and then every year it's like well maybe if we just did this or if we just got that and yeah so it's
0: addictive <laughs> Very. So, what does your business do now? What's its main lines of revenue? What does it do?
1: Yeah. So we we do we've got the two. There's two big sides to it. So one side is the pick your own. So we do pick your own events throughout the summer. Um, it's every weekend. People can come and they can cut flowers, and we do teas and cakes and that kind of thing. Wow. And um and that that's how I started the business. I started the business with pick your own. I thought it was a really easy way for me to sell the flowers without committing myself. Too much to um, markets or shops or anything like that. I, I it was something that they did at this flower farm. I visited it and I just thought that's a, a really good idea. Um, so we do a lot of pick your own, and then the other side of the business is wedding, weddings. Yeah. So I do a lot of weddings. Um, just through the growing season. Um, again, it was something I I did the first year to kind of test it and see if I liked it because I actually thought I wasn't going to. I thought I'd find it too stressful. But you find out that you actually you meet people who think like you. They're attracted yeah. to you for a reason, and then all of a sudden you meet all these wonderful people, and they're so excited about you and what you do, and you're excited for them because they're starting a new life together. And it's a really, really beautiful thing. And um, it lets me flex both muscles. You know, it, it lets me grow the flowers, and then it lets me use them creatively as
0: well. Um, and I think the right people find you. That's the truth.
1: Absolutely.
0: You're not going to deal with a bridezilla who wants orchids in January yeah, because they wouldn't be attracted to what your offering is and being eco-sustainable just doesn't kind of... So you will attract the right audience and, and yeah. therefore, I agree with you. Um Challenging, still challenging. At yeah,
1: time. <laughs> I, I, I do. I will tell people if I don't think it's a good fit because I still get yeah. people who might be attracted to my style but don't really understand that you know, I won't import flowers. I won't. I never promise certain flowers, no. and that's not for everyone, and and that's fine. Um, and you know, it's important that they get what they want. So I am, I'm, I'm not afraid to say. Actually, I think maybe you might be better finding someone else. Let me suggest someone or or something like that.
0: <laughs> so where did your career start? Because you don't know, sound as if you come from these shores.
1: I don't know. So I'm actually <laughs> an American. Um, so I moved to the UK. Uh, right before I turned 30, um, to get my master's in library and information studies. Um, Hmm. So I studied for a year in London. And then I kind of had, they give you kind of this work visa that you're allowed to do. And so I ended up in the one place I thought I'd never end up, which was investment banking. I did (laughs) research for bankers, which actually was a really interesting job, but just not where I thought my degree was going to take me. Um, and then I met my husband, and then that was that. The
0: rest is history. But yeah, so <laughs> well, I've spoken to lots of people on podcasts who are based in London and then move out and find an alternative life. So if you look at Bex Partridge, for instance, she was in London, moved down to Devon. You know, they tend to find an alternative way of living. Yeah, and that's quite interesting. Like you, you jumped. You know, twenty-four acre farm is massive.
1: Yeah, it was a we wanted bigger we wanted like a 100 acres <laughs> and now we think gosh thank god <laughs> um, you know it's a responsibility as well having land i think you know to make sure that you're yeah. making the right choices and doing the right things for it um I, we take it quite seriously
0: yeah yeah i mean we've just got five acres and i have to tell you exactly the same thing yeah uh, you take it very seriously it's we're honored to have it um we feel privileged to have it and we look after it yeah. So the same as you you know growing in a kind of eco-sustainable way and trying to even think about regeneration and how what happens after sustainability kind of thing and yeah. I've, I, and that's really come from me from talking to people on podcasts who are really into it you know like um people like um David Beck who's a sustainability expert guru PhD masters in sustainability and global cut flower chains out of Coventry University and um, I'm interviewing him on Monday so I'm a bit sort of in awe because he's a real academic but it's kind of like um, I find that whole supply chain and sustainability quite interesting and they've tried all these different movements to get florists to join sustainability there's one that that I looked at yesterday sustainability movement and it had like five UK florists on it and it was Mm. kind of like "Mm, it's not moving in the right direction so after I've spoken to him, I'm hoping that it will be. You need to get that whole sort of message out there, which was yeah, yeah, sustainability and eco. But um, so, what are you growing? Tell us about your plot. What have you got? What do you well, do on an annual basis?
1: <laughs> so, ideally, my season starts with Mother's Day. So that's kind of when I can kind of usually count on the bulbs to start showing. You know, things like tulips and the narcissi and. Things like that, but I've, I had a disaster and almost all my tulips have been eaten. So,
0: by rabbits or deer or I squirrels? Think rats.
1: I'm thinking rats. Rats, okay, yeah. Um, so, that's normally what happens. Um, so, you know, we start with Mother's Day, um, ranunculars, anemones, that kind of thing. And then, yeah. you know, I grow, I grow, I start in Mother's Day and then I finish with the first frost. So, you know, I go with the biannuals and the hardy annuals, you know, we sow things in the autumn so that they're blooming in late spring. Um, I grow things in tunnels to make sure that, you know, I've got longer supply of things and things are kind of blooming two to three weeks before they're blooming outside. Yeah. Um. You know, and then trying to build up my, my perennial base, you know, to really, think about how our climate's changing and how we need to change as growers with it I think last year was a really good kind of indication of what direction things are going and I think you know the last couple of years have been so dry um that I think investing more in in those type of plants is is a smart thing but um but I'll always grow the annuals that take me to the me
0: too. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> they're going to convince me not to go a Dahlia or a Cosmos or anything like that. Um, and I try and plan to that I've got some things in the polytunnel for later in the year as well. So that when I do get those first frosts, if they happen to come early, I've got a little bit of protection of things growing in there. Um, so, yeah, so then I stop about first frost, but then I do lots of wreath and wreath making. So I'll the end of
0: December.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I've been drying more flowers as well, which I've got a strange I've got a horrible obsession with. Um I just love them. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And really that's I mean, traditionally, I suppose when I started up 12 years ago, it was quite difficult to get more than a April one to a October, mid-October season. But now, because you've got dry flowers and you can do leaves at Christmas and you can prolong your season with tunnels. And you actually you can. I, I went to I went to an American conference on um, the American Association of Cut Flower Growers mm. last uh, August in Boston to go and sort of see what's going on really because they're much bigger. Everything's much bigger, obviously, <laughs> much bigger scale. And you know we we think sort of twenty five acres is a lot, and they'd be going mm, okay. Mm. And that was really interesting. And a lot and I what I learned there was about forcing tulips. Yeah, and how you could buy tulips that were had been treated for five or or nine weeks. Um, And then you could buy them already pre-chilled and then you could pretend it was spring. Hey-ho, in the polytunnel and they would come early. And I've known people in the UK try it. So that's my plan this year to try it. And then you would get tulips probably from mid-December. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Mid-December, I've known people have them and definitely for Valentine's Day and definitely for Mother's Day and definitely for January. So it's kind of like, okay, now we've got a 12-month annual calendar if we can make this work. Yeah um it's limited and there's only certain varieties of tulips and and then I went on a course in the U.S. course you do um run by somebody who that that's all they do they grow tulips that that come in the winter in Vermont now if you can grow tulips in Vermont surely I can grow them in Milton Keynes I would have thought that's my my plan so it's kind of like we could have a 12-month calendar and once we get that, that's more exciting because it means there isn't, you know, we can cover all seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: and take away, I think, that stigma that people feel like they need to import flowers through the winter months, you know, and I feel like, yeah, if you can make it available, it, it would be quite a powerful thing.
0: And dried flowers, like you say, are really in vogue. Yes, They're
1: really they really great. are. They kind of I use a lot of them for my wreath making. And this was the first year I dried enough to sell as Bunches as bouquets, and they've done really well. I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised. So, you know, mental note to kind of keep going.
0: Go yeah. more, yeah. <laughs> How many cries and lemonian seeds can you actually? Sow? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, what challenges do you think flower farmers face in the main? I think, I
1: think, I think the main thing flower farmers face, and I certainly, I feel it, is kind of getting the right stigma attached to them I think for me my biggest pet peeve is when someone calls my flowers wild flowers
0: yeah think, or meadow flowers yes
1: they, you know they think just because that you know they're English flowers that that's what they are and there's so much more than that and there's so much love and care and attention that goes into those flowers and I think British flowers get a bad rap in that sense that you know that they're short-lived that there's only certain varieties that you can grow um, that they don't last as long, and I just and and I think with florists that they think they could never do an event just using British flowers, that they have to buy in imports to make these events have possible, and I don't think that's true. And I think, I think that's the message we really need to get out about British flowers: is that they're here, they're available. There's loads of people growing them. They last so much longer in the vase. They smell. They've got scent. Um, and really understand, you know, making people understand what is so beautiful about them. I think they get a bad rap sometimes in the press. Um, Definitely. And I think, you know, if you think about roses, you know, these roses that are imported from Kenya that barely open, that don't smell, you know. And then you get a Dave and Austin rose and it's got its little scent and it opens up into this beautiful petal fluffy magic but it only lasts three or four days and it's like well which which would you rather have um and for me it's a no-brainer yeah so i think you know i think that's the challenge we have is informing people about how wonderful they are and how accessible they are yet you can find them that there's there's probably a flower farmer just down the road from you and you just more and more yeah,
0: I've noticed over the 12 years, so many more, so many more startups, because I run um, startup businesses for flower farmers, how to start your flower farming business. And there are loads, yeah. more and more people are really surprising me. They're sort of transitioning now, of all sorts of careers. Some of them are just doing it part time. There might be nurses or teachers. Some just might be having a second career, lots of that, second yeah. careerers. And there are definitely more. I think the one challenge, probably the biggest challenge we, we're all going to face is that unless we collaborate, the yeah. difficulty is, because we will never grow everything that a florist wants. So the, what I mean in the States, they do it really, really well. They have cooperatives yeah. and that we've got one in Devon now. it's just started up that I've been talking to, which basically what happens is they've got a website and everybody uploads their stock. Mm-hmm. You might have 50 blue cornflowers, but you might not have any whites. And the florist actually wants whites. So she goes on and orders 50 of those, 20 of those, five of those. And it's all in one place. So she drives the florist, I'm assuming this lady, but she drives on a Wednesday or Thursday. It's available refrigerated in that one place and she buys the whole lot and takes it away. Whereas we've got a little bit of an issue that if a florist wants lots of different things and you haven't got enough of that. Let's say she's doing a massive event and she wants 400 Queen of Sweden David Austin roses. Well, you're not going to have 400 Queen of Sweden David Austin roses unfortunately so she <laughs> needs to go here 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 and here and that might take her a whole day yeah by the time so for her it's much easier to sit on the computer and go oh I'll just order from my local wholesaler and it'll arrive tomorrow and I can see the beauty of that in terms of time so unless we kind of crack that whole supply chain issue and how are we going to collaborate and make sure and and come together and go no we can't possibly have it all you know you could get the flower farmers in Buckinghamshire for instance of which I know a couple, to all come together, to all collaborate, to all have a, a website and 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 the florist decides what they want to buy. And that's that's kind of it helps us all, but we will all sell more in yeah. the long run.
1: It's something on my on my bucket list, definitely, to to create these hubs for florists so that they've just got one place that they go and they collect their flowers and they are able, you know, we need to make British flowers more accessible to florists as well. And it's not, you know, like you said, it's not sustainable for them to drive around all of Buckinghamshire going to five no. different flower farms. You know, we need to make it easy for them. And I, I, I agree with you 100%. We need to create these local hubs so that we can we can offer things on a bigger scale and, you know, make us more more of a powerful unit.
0: I think so. We're more powerful altogether, for sure. Yeah. I mean, having looked at the US model, I can believe it. And they're so cooperative. Some of them are run as business businesses which somebody starts off and everybody joins, so it's like for profit. And some are just run for the whole benefit of the cooperatives. And, you know, they they've got 12 farms in there and something, and they all come together. It tends to work really well. And you might get a specialist in dahlias, you might get somebody else specialist in peonies, and they all come together. And it's on my bucket list, Amber, so maybe the two of us could, Crack this out and work it. this out um, about how... It's, it's a technical platform that would do this. And yeah. then some central hub that has refrigeration that yeah. you just starve one day a week. That's Because florists want them on Wednesdays. I mean, it's generally, right. they want everything on Wednesday, So we will crack that one. Yeah. I'm really determined.
1: I feel like it's not that complicated. I, I no. You know, I just feel like someone just needs to do it. And I think that's the problem is that we're all so busy juggling our lives and juggling our business that we kind of in the downtime that's when we need to take the time to set these things up and get talking about it not when the flowers yeah. start blooming and you're up at 5 a.m cutting late, yeah, yeah. exactly
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no I've looked at sort of all the white labelled solutions of collaborative I am talking there's one in Devon which I've yeah. on It's only just started very very like literally just started and she said it was quite time-consuming to set it up so I'm just going to see how that runs um but I think there is definitely. I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, we'll put it on our bucket list. Okay. We? We won't be, Hopefully we won't be having this conversation in two years and going, God, wish we'd done that. <laughs> um, so, Amber, are there any recommendations to a would-be flower farmers or startups? Perhaps three things you wish you'd known when you set up. Stay with us. We'll be right back. A small business, do reels get you reeling? Is SEO just a three letters put together? Content planning something you know you should be doing, but just never get around to it. Do join our growth club online. What is it? It's a supportive community. It's all about growing your business. It provides trainings and guest speakers join us every month. Is it time to work on your business and not in it? The link for more information is in the show notes.
1: Yeah, I think I think for me, the number one thing to tell new farmers is to kind of really value their product and to charge the right price. Um, I think lots of new flower farmers don't have a lot of confidence about their product and what they're selling. And I think that they really need to think carefully about how much they're charging so that they don't undervalue themselves. And then they also don't undervalue flowers that are in the market from other flower farmers. You, you don't want there to be ever this idea that, that british flowers are cheap they're not cheap they they have yeah. a value um so i think that's my number one piece of advice um exactly. secondly i think also like when i was starting out i tried growing everything and it took me a really long time to realize that there's just some things i can't grow yeah. you know i i cannot grow you Japanese yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um like japanese anemones, like they do not grow here. Hydrangeas, they don't grow here, and um, and that's okay. You don't have to grow everything. You have to just kind of accept what you can and what you can't, and 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 be happy with that. And the things that you can grow grow really well. Um, but that it's okay not to grow everything. Um, and then one thing I I didn't think about too carefully when I started, and I always regretted. It, it's just weeding how to manage weeds, I know it sounds really basic, no. very kind of like, well, duh, but um, but I didn't really think about what a big job weeding would be, and how actually, if you put systems in place at the very get-go, um, you, can, you can save yourself a lot of time and effort, um, and it's physically very challenging to kind of get rid of weeds once they're established, so to really think about how you're going to manage weeds on your plot, you know things like we used to put wood chip down on the on the paths between the flower beds well that just composts down and then the flowers self-seed and then you've got all these weeds on the path and then you're having to hoe them off but then you forget to do it one day and then they grow into big plants and it was a real nightmare so think about weed okay <laughs> how you can your weeds
0: <laughs> and early it's like now isn't yeah, it because exactly. if a weed start they'll come before the flowers and I was walking a plot today, and we—I was talking. I've got two students who now are on their Easter holidays as well. Come and help me. And we were talking about what to do. And I'm a great lover of carpet tiles, old carpet tiles, mm-hmm. because we put them on the paths, and it basically right. kills everything underneath it. Because as long as a plant can't photosynthesize, it works really well. Okay. Um, and you know. Uh, parts of the plant will use landscape fabric but again you've got to buy really good stuff because otherwise it starts to degrade and then you've got all these wiry bits and you think yeah. oh i wish i bought the good stuff in the beginning um and some you're direct so you can't use landscape fabric so you are weeding a lot so how do you get around that yeah. um yeah i agree with you yeah weeds yeah. are definitely the bane of our lives
1: uh. We spent a lot, a lot of wasted energy on weeds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you have help? You certainly. I mean, it seems so big for you.
1: Um, I so I do have help. So um, a really good friend of mine. Um, when we had the first lockdown, um, she came to my rescue. She said, "Amber, you've got twins at home that you're trying to homeschool. Why don't you, why don't you just let me come and help you on the farm?" Um, and she never left. Um, so she's still yeah she's amazing she um she's a massive help to the farm so she works about 10 hours a week with me Uh, but really it's just the two of us my husband he does like all the big landscaping jobs um and he's amazing in that way um, but he's got a job that he does as well. Um, so when it comes to the flowers and the business and all of that, it's, it's mostly me and then Lisa helps me massively. And then
0: yeah, yeah, I'll I've got a it. husband as well. Who with, with I mean, he's in the construction business, so lots of diggers. Oh, no. If I want him to do anything that involves a digger, no problem. Yeah, If absolutely. I want him to do anything, you know, JCB or anything, unloads, stock or something, no problem. Anything else? Mm, not so interested it's got to involve a little toy I think I I won't listen to this or let
1: him know (laughs) I think Watson would like to be more involved but I won't I have I'm not letting him yet
0: (laughs) so what's your biggest mistake or learning would you say along the way
1: well I think it's the weeds if I'm honest with you I think I've really learned the hard way when it comes to that and um you know now you know now we've like you mentioned the landscape fabric so we've got that on all the paths we actually sweep it to get off any dirt yeah. um just so that there's nothing there we started covering some of the beds of landscape fabric um because we were spending way too much time and time equates to money and it um, so it was it, we were spending way too much time and money on it so we kind of cover as much as we can um and that was the biggest mistake was kind of letting that get out of hand too many years in a row before I can't. I think
0: up. I did it for five years without grabbing it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and kept thinking, oh, we can manage this, we can but you can't. You can't no. you absolutely can't.
1: Especially when oh. you get to a certain size, you just realise actually we need to we need to be doing things smarter now. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. We tend to we've got we've got three uh, rare bridge pigs. And um, we move them around the farm, shall I say, when we want another area cleared to <laughs> <laughs> so get them to go off there and drop it. And my husband said to me today, well, you know, they were there. And now they've gone back to the, where their real home is. They said, but the nettles have started growing again. What are you going to do? And I thought, oh, I know. If they come back <laughs> anyway, you've got to pull them out again. So it's yeah. like, bah. Who do you think's inspired you in your career? Who's inspired you to do this mad thing? Well, buy acres and move yeah, out?
1: <laughs> I mean, so with the flower farming, you know, it definitely wouldn't have happened um, if it hadn't been. So it's Beck and Jen from um, Blooming Green. So they're the ones down in Kent. I wouldn't have done it if they hadn't spent the time to talk to me. They shared their knowledge. They inspired me. They were so supportive. And um, that whole day, that's, that was that was my inspiration that yeah. was kind of really what got me started um so i wouldn't have done this if i hadn't been for them you know and i will always be thankful for that moment in time where they kind of showed me what was possible you know after that too then you kind of start looking more into it and at the time is kind of when um aaron from florida was really taking off and oh. <laughs> yeah and she's you know she's amazing and and she inspired me because she was so giving with knowledge as well she she gave so much of her knowledge for free and i found that like what she does is amazing but i just thought as a person as a human being like what a beautiful thing as well to kind of you know i know yeah. she she does quite well you know she's very <laughs> successful um but i think that stems from her sharing you know and and being this encouraging role model for people like me who are just starting out who like you didn't know anything about flower farming and all of a sudden I had this wealth of knowledge at my fingertips it was amazing and I know she's brilliant yeah she really showed me what was possible and that was yeah that was fantastic it's
0: definitely the beacon you know if all of us were going to name one person that had given us an inspiration she'd definitely be it yeah and, and you know where she grows is the same climate as us yeah which kind of gives us the same um background too yeah I mean amazing absolutely yeah. amazing so yeah, it'd be nice to go and do some work experience on her farm. Oh, I'd love to. Well, we'll
1: like a puppy dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that teaches us all really that if someone comes to us and says, "Can I spend a day on your farm?" the answer is yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Do you want I mean, to come and learn? You're not in competition with me. I'd rather collaborate with you. Come and see what we're doing. Um, I think people are always shocked by how intensive it is. Yeah. I, you know, you don't need to grow You don't need to grow over a massive amount of land in order to get, you know, an acre, you could start a flower farm. Yeah. Uh, But I think people have visions you need five acres or 10 acres or 20 acres. You don't, because it's quite intensive, isn't it? The way you're flower farming. I think that's always a shock to some people. And I'd I'd welcome anybody who wants to come and have a look.
1: Yeah. I'm always happy to share knowledge. And, you know, like you said, yeah, I'd rather work together than, than, you know, I think that's one thing I really like about the flower farming industry is I don't, I don't feel like there's a strong sense of competition amongst us. I feel like it's very supportive. And if I've ever have a problem or if I need something, I know I can just call someone and just have a moan or be, yeah. have you got this?
0: What are we or... gonna do yeah. Got 40 degrees heat for three weeks in a row. How do we irrigate? That was like <laughs> last year. It was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. So, any favorite books you'd recommend? florets obviously yes and um, which ones would you take to a desert island
1: yeah so i'd obviously recommend florets um i think it's amazing i've also started um Rach reading rachel siegfried's new book, new book. yeah the yeah, green and gorgeous one about yeah perennials and shrubs which you know talking about the environment and stuff i think
0: there it is, is. Da, 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 da. yeah, yeah book, actually because... i'm really enjoying it because
1: it's another take yeah. on flower farming that i think hasn't been explored as in depth so i think the timing on that was impeccable um and i it's she's got a wealth of knowledge so i'm learning a lot from her but my desert island book wouldn't be a flower farming book it would be um lucy hunter's the what is it the flower uh what's the book called um sorry let me see oh the flower hunter
0: oh i haven't read that oh
1: you must it's just it's it's more about floral design but you know she's She's seasonal. She's um, sustainable, and it's just when I'm feeling like a bit creative. Why am I doing this? <laughs> I just even creatively feeling a bit sapped. I just look at that book, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, I can, I can go back. Ooh, into the that's world. going in
0: my Amazon basket this afternoon. Though. Yeah,
1: it's a great one. I really love it. It's beautiful.
0: Stay with us. We'll be right back. The new Plants of Distinction Autumn Catalogue is now available and contains over a thousand different flower and vegetable seeds with over 150 new and exciting varieties added this year alone. Cut flowers in an extensive array of individual colours are a speciality and added to this are many unusual annual and perennial seeds together with the hard to find heritage favourites. So if you're looking for something a little different, Be it choice cutting flowers suitable for both fresh and dried arrangements or cottage garden and container growing varieties, you need look no further. You can download or request a copy of the new autumn catalogue by visiting the website plantsofdistinction.co.uk where an exclusive 30% discount is available to all podcast listeners when ordering seeds by using the discount code CUTFLOWER yeah i i came across a book that i am not a woo person at all in fact (laughs) if you spoke to any of my friends they'd go you are the least woo person we know on this planet but i listened to somebody on sort of radio four or something and i came across this book manifest it's called oh and it's about seven steps to living your best life. Now, manifestation is always I've always thought oh, I'm not sure that manifest you know, you can't I'll have a Ferrari by Friday and it arrives. Doesn't kind of work for me. But it, she shouldn't have called it manifest because it's not really manifest. It's about what do you really want and how you're going to get it. Yeah. And it's quite easy. I mean, it's not a very big book. Mm-hmm. It's also an audible so you can listen to it out in the field, which I've done, and then you can write in it and make notes on it. And I have to say I have taken some bits out of it Hmm. Um, and it's quite interesting because she talks a lot about envy and jealousy and about you know when you're scrolling on Instagram and you go oh I'd like mine to look like that and oh that looks really lovely and I'd like that and she says turn that round into inspiration Hmm. so look at it and go well that's great they've got that and I'm really pleased for them and I wonder how I could have that too which is a completely different mindset to oh their farm has (laughs) 300 times more dahlias than mine does and <laughs> their varieties are lovely and I wish I had them too you have that kind of scrolling mentality yeah Um, so it was just like if you could pick up tips I recommend her oh, I recommend Ro- of- Roxy, if you want to manifest but I don't really like the word manifest so any plans what next what you're gonna you expand more what you're gonna do <laughs>
1: well yeah so this year we um we have expanded this year so I was speaking earlier about um martin so he's um landscaped a new pick your own area and the idea is because before the pick your own was kind of it it was mixed in with all of the flowers that i use for my own events and i was having to tell people when they come you know don't cut that and you know have to get a little bit antsy about things so i decided just to separate it and so martin's created this new space for pick your own and it's got gravel paths and raised beds and it's beautiful so we're planting in it now, but you know what it's like. You kind of think like, "Oh, come June, it'll be full of flowers," but it won't be. So, <laughs> so hopefully by the end of the the season was when it will really kind of take off, and then definitely next year that will be when it's completely in its stride. And it's just a safe place for people to go. They know that they can cut anything they want. I then know that in the flower field, I can cut everything, and it doesn't matter because the pick-your-own people have their own space. Yeah. Um, so I'm super, super excited about that. Um, and, you know, we were talking about the hubs earlier and it is it is on my to-do list for sure. I really feel really passionate about making British flowers easier for florists to get. I think that if we want to change the way they use flowers, we need to help make that happen. Um, and so, you know, it might not happen this year, but I'm hoping, you know, next year to have something kind of in place you know, it might even just be me and a couple local flower farmers that get
0: together and say, yeah, okay. Start it small, see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I know two or three near you, for instance, yeah. cuz obviously I'm the other side of Buckinghamshire, but not far. Yeah. And um you know, and I I buy from from two of them anyway. Yeah. So if I haven't got enough, I'll drive over there and that kind of thing. So I think there's I think there's definite collaboration to be done.
1: I think so yeah. too. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So quick fire fat round, what's your favorite bloom?
1: Peony. Is it? Yeah, it's my wedding flowers. Yeah, uh, I know. I
0: romantic.
1: Yeah, they're short lived, but they're just when they're here, they're so special, they're so amazing. And I like that you have to wait so long to cut them. You know, you have to wait three years right before you're allowed to harvest them. So, you know, but then they
0: live for something like fifty years, anyway. So, so it's like they're going to outlive us. I mean, I don't like to say this, but you know, it's almost <laughs> like the life of a donkey. So even though they're only here for a short period of time they're going to outlive us so actually it's our heritage to just leave
1: them there yeah that's a good way to think about it definitely
0: <laughs> but yeah have got to wait three years so yeah. you've got to be really patient
1: it's a really long three years <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's your favorite job on the farm
1: um I feel really lucky because I love I just love almost everything about the farm and it might sound it might sound really cheesy but my favorite thing is is welcoming people to the farm. It's, it's hosting people and yeah. watching them walk away with a handful, you know, buckets of blooms and they're happy. And I could have had the worst start of the day. I could have been up at five and I could be tired and maybe hung over, who knows. <laughs> and every single time it cheers me up, no matter what. You know, I kind of think, oh, am I tired? I don't want to do this. And then people come and they leave happy. And it's just like, it's the best, It's just the best thing. I
0: love it. That's why you do it.
1: It is, yeah.
0: So if you won the lottery, what would you do?
1: Um, i tell my husband to quit his job. And then we would do it together. I think, you know, kind of, yeah, we would, we would, I don't, we've got a lovely life. And I think, you know, my husband doesn't like his job. And I would love to be able to give him a way not to do it. So I think if we could do this together and know that financially we were going to be okay I would do that in a second
0: yeah yeah I wouldn't give up at all I would invest more grow more probably (laughs) expand it have more staff more help probably be much bigger and do the things like the collaboration set up the technology write some more books do more things but I definitely wouldn't give up
1: no I definitely wouldn't I would invest in things like you said but like things like big urns (laughs) (laughs) and like fun things to play with and yeah yeah definitely
0: that would be nice wouldn't it It yeah things to play with more equipment bigger farm yeah more just more things really with 24 acres you could have you know five acres of that could be pick your own I mean yeah
1: it could be yeah but yeah it could be but then it's all the infrastructure that goes along with it you know and even though there's 24 acres it's not always 24 acres to get to use as you like you know no. there's always yeah. regulations and that kind of thing that kind of yeah. like, you know, get in the way but
0: Christmas trees or something who knows
1: yeah more greenery <laughs> more foliage more,
0: green, more foliage don't talk to me about foliage because I lost so much in the frost Um, <laughs> uh, yeah just should have just gone up and placed them at night and I didn't yeah so on my list is to go to the wholesalers and buy pitosporum that are fairly well developed yeah all just my can't e- cut those for three years
1: well all my eucalyptus is gone it's just not happy brown did
0: it brown brown is it brown as brown, is, brown, is brown. <laughs> on um on the hardy eucalyptus website i did notice a blog about them all going brown and yeah i haven't read it but i think it might say cut them back and see if they come back yeah no brown is brown as well i mean it, we're talking about an australian plant aren't we? living through frost exactly and it just doesn't like it So mine are all brown, and I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, I'm going to cut them all down, you know, quite low. If they come back, great. If they don't, they don't. But, yeah. I mean, that was a proper freeze, you know. Oh,
0: I know. I've never lost pittosporum, ever. Yeah. yeah, Because it's fairly sheltered. So we lost all of those. We lost all the eucalyptus. So now I'm sort of thinking, oh, foliage, foliage, foliage.
1: Yeah, I think... so. I think we're all in a similar boat. I think it's going to be, a, it'll be an interesting year for foliage, I think. <laughs> I <know. laughs>
0: It's like, what trees can I go and buy now yeah. that will give me foliage? But yeah. So, hey, that's the life of a flower farm. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Kind of roll with the punches.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, until we win the lottery, and until we set up our collaboration and White Label, that will be fabulous. I want to thank you, Amber, for coming over. And we've got all of your details in the show notes. So if anyone that wants to come and pick your own, anyone wants to come over and look at wedding flowers and talk to you about wedding, they know where to find you, that would be lovely. And I hope we continue the conversation into the future. who knows we're not that far away are we I know you, you must come and visit I'd love to have I you. will No I definitely will. Yeah. This, you know come this summer I definitely will. Yeah well thank you
1: very I'm much happy. for having me. I've loved it.
0: <laughs> thank you. Could have gone on for hours thank you. I look forward to next week's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review on your podcast app. We do have some wonderful free resources on our website at thecutflowercollective.co.uk. We also have two free Facebook communities, which we'd love you to join. For farmers or those who want to be flower farmers, we have Cut Flower Farming, Growth and Profit in Your Business, And our other free Facebook group is Learn With The Cut Flower Collective for those starting out on their flower journey. All of the links are below. I look forward to getting to know you all.